Bible as much as he does, so I can only go one verse at a time. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we're just, we just do this differently. So, hopefully we're, you guys are as blessed through what I bring this morning as we are every week from him, from, as in Brian Kelly. Um, just the stuff that he's teaching us and encouraging us, uh, us to uh, move forward. And uh, I'm going to boast for a moment. Um, and before I boast, it's, I want to do this in the right way. Um, I honestly see nothing of what I'm going to say as having been my doing. But as we were doing worship and uh, just, you know, seeing Lockwood and John and Nick and just, you know, everybody up here leading worship and singing with them and knowing behind, you know, we're up in the front row. So just surrounded by, like, the people I want to be with and, and worship with them. And then, you know, those who aren't here that I'd love to be with in Texas or in Alabama, I know they're doing the same thing. And give me a quick little flash just on my life. You know, I live in Malibu, been here for 20 or more years and grew up in the Palisades and pretty much... Every, everything I want, when I want it, right now, nothing hurts, so it's a good day. Got a great wife, been a, been a best friend since we were children, great kids. And I'm like, why do I still wake up bitter, angry, and just, you know, mean sometimes? It's like, because if you stop and I look, it's like, I've got, I've had some of, my, some of my lifeguard, but these guys work on the beach all the time. I mean, you think about that, like the full-time guys, and, and they, they see me, at least during the, the school year, I actually end up getting a little more free time than they do. They're like, man, you got, what a, what a great setup you have, you know? And I'm like, you know, it's like I don't, I don't want that kind of compliment because I'm afraid it'll, I'll lose it somehow. And, um, so so why, why do I still sometimes react to life the way I do? And, um, and it's just flashed on me during worship, like I said, and it actually is directly connected to what I want to teach about this morning. It's because of the tendency to either pursue or be distracted by counterfeits. Just things in life that either I, I, I listen to and pay attention to or actually pursue or I think are better than what God has already given me, and he has given me a lot, uh, that lead, lead me to a place of just, just emptiness. And uh, so I'm hoping that today... There's a word of encouragement here. I know uh, what's funny is I'm not really, not really even going to reference other than right now the, the, the single scripture verse um, from John 17, 17, but I think that says it all. Lord, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. And when we consistently come back to his word and the, just the, the, the purity of what God speaks to us through his word, is that gives me that foundation, that, that compass that will keep me from being distracted constantly and foolishly buying into all these different counterfeits that we have in our lives. Um, you know, I'm just, and I've shared something like this before. Sometimes the way I go about this is uh, there's something that's on my mind for a period of time. And this week, and, and, it's, and it's fun getting up and doing this, and, and I know it's great for, for Brian just to get a, a Sunday off here and there and be able to kind of relax a little bit. And, um, so there's usually something on my mind, and honestly, this week there wasn't. So I was praying on my way to school early in the week on Monday or uh, morning, and I was like, Lord, what, what, like, what do we need to hear from you? And not long after that, I got this, this, this word just um, counterfeit, counterfeits. 
And I had taught something a long, long time ago in another place about counterfeits, but the focus was completely different. It was on sort of like counterfeit religion, and there was a time when I was really into investigating and learning about different kinds of cults and things like that. And it was funny, because you ask for something like that, then you get it, and then you want to be disobedient to it. It's like, no, I don't want to teach about that. I don't want to teach about something else. And so I actually started kind of just letting other thoughts kind of come. And with, with my thinking during the, the mid and early part of the week, it all came back to this thing called counterfeit. So, um, so I'm going to trust that God's got something for all of us in here. Um, so let me pray, and then we'll get started. So Lord, I, I pray that, uh, Lord, as words come out of my mouth, Lord, that they are words from your throne room. And uh, Lord, that nothing I would say or do would even get in the way, Lord, of your Holy Spirit speaking to us this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your church and your people, Lord, who have a desire to hold fast to your word, that we would encourage each other, Lord, not to fall into the traps that this world has to offer. Um, so, Lord, speak this morning, I pray. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, just a quick thought, because I want to say this before I forget, because, again, another thing I came to you in worship. Um, in Christ alone, last verse, last, por- last stanza, I don't know the right paragraph, uh, it says, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. So what was kind of cool as I was singing that uh, and seeing those words was, you know, these counterfeits that I'm going to speak of aren't necessarily things. I suppose they could be, uh, but in, in the context that I want to teach it, aren't things that are plucking us from his hand, but they sure rob your joy while you're in his hand. And that's, that's what I want to kind of go after today is the things that rob our joy from being a Christ follower, being part of a church, being in a group of people that love each other and encouraging each other. And we get lost in sometimes silly stuff and sometimes it gets deeper and stronger than that that rob our joy. So um, I'm going to grab a stool. Hold on one second. should have gotten this earlier. Sorry. This is not an act. All right. So first thing I wrote down here says, who or what do you put your trust in? Uh, so, you know, we, we drive out or we walk out onto a bridge, and generally, <laughs> we don't think twice about doing that. Uh, I know Joel had to help me out once going over a very large bridge, but we'll, that's for another time, that story. Uh, but we generally, we generally trust these structures. We, so we, we put our faith in things that are just mundane, daily things that we probably don't even think of. We put our trust and our faith in another person when we say, I do, in front of a group of people, in front of a preacher. Um, we put our trust and our faith when we make a large purchase of significance, generally. And we would trust that this, this car that I've done all the research on and all that is, is worth the, the, the cost that I'm paying for it. Um, and we, we, we put our trust in, in teachers. You know, we come to church on a Sunday, whether it's here or if you're visiting or if you're a regular here. We put our trust in the things that, when, you know, as Kelly teaches up here, that, that there's truth in that. So we, we put our faith in a lot of things just on a daily routine. And uh, I just I, a little statement, I actually, it looks on here on paper, it looks like a, more of a math equation. So if you can picture this, you know, the greater than or less than symbol. It says strong faith in something is less than faith in something strong. So strong faith in something is less than faith in something strong. And I think sometimes we 
gather up some kind of intestinal fortitude to gather up a lot of faith in something or someone. And the thing is, is that someone or that something is, is not really something that's worthwhile putting that much faith in. So, you know, when, when Jesus says that just the faith of a mustard seed, he's describing a very, very small faith, but I think what's more significant is what that faith is in, and the faith is in him, not in a person, not even in a religion, not in a set of behavioral standards that a religion might put upon us, um, but in him. So I want you to kind of keep in mind that in mind as we... Uh, as we go through this. And then one other little precursor to the, uh, the, the areas of, uh, of counterfeits that I, that I came up with during the week is the, the significance of having people around us that actually literally have the gift of discernment. In 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul talks about the various gifts that are given for the church, and each one of those gifts has a function for the church. Um, and one of those gifts is the gifts of distinguishing spirits or the gift of discernment. Uh, someone or a group of people within a church, I believe, from what Paul wrote there, have this gift of discernment. And, you know, I think of uh, one of our people in leadership, when I think of Scott Mulder, who, who just will not let things go by without close inspection. And he has got this gift and a passion and a desire to make sure that wise, good choices are made and, and that's important for all of us, that, that we have people with this gift of discernment. Um, I think it's super important in any kind of church that actually wants to make moves forward. Because as we, whether, you know, whether, it's, whether it's us, how we meet on a Sunday, or where we meet on a Sunday, or like Brian Kelly just spoke, uh, going on a mission trip, and, and where do we do that, and where's God going to use us best, is that we have this gift of discernment amongst us that allows us to make the best, wisest choices with what he's given us. And, and then on top of that, also, I'll you know, just kind of put simply, that we also just as, maybe we don't have that supernatural gift of discernment, um, but we've all got a brain. And that's actually, you know, one of, one of my gospel messages in general is that we use our brains and we think, we think through the, the things that come our way um, to be able to distinguish between truth in between counterfeits, all right? So I think for the most part, those of us, um, just if, if we look clearly at the things that we're presented with, we, we can tell the difference. And for those of us, or maybe situations that are more difficult, it's a little more tangled, a little more deceiving, is that's where people with uh, this gift of discernment can really step in and, and help us out. So I've got one, two, three, five little areas, and there's more. These are just the five I came up with. Um, hopefully it's broad enough where it touches something in our lives and just something to be wary of, um, areas of counterfeits. So the first one that I put down was just counterfeit religion, literally, like, like I mentioned before. And I'm not going to get into a bunch of different um, areas of that. Uh, it's funny, I was flipping channels just the other night, and I don't even remember what it was called now, but there was a, a show, I think it was on History Channel, and it was about the most dangerous cults over the years. And Kind of, kind of was intriguing because I was like, oh, I just, that, that's something I had been th thinking about as I was putting this together. Um, but here's what's, what is important, is that I think it's very significant for each of us, no matter where you are in your stage of walk with Christ, is that you know the basics of good, solid, biblical Christianity. And curious enough, that's pretty much what Kelly is teaching about right now. It's what he teaches about all the time, is coming back to what scripture says and just the truth and the historical facts of 
biblical Christianity and have that as a, as, as a hallmark of a church, as a foundation for your life, uh, is super significant. So I think it's really good to ask questions. Um, you know, I know one thing, having taught in Christian schools for many, many years, uh, both elementary, K through 8, and then now to 6 through 12, uh, sometimes you get kids grew up in the church, went to preschool at a nice little Christian school, and so preschool through 12, they're 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 surrounded by talk of Jesus and church and church life and so on, and have never asked questions. Now there there is a gift of faith, I believe, where people um, grow up and they latch onto that, and it's true and it's real. But there's a real danger in that too. Uh, if, if you've just been in church life all your life and you've never asked some of the hard questions about what you believe and why you believe it, um, there, there, there can be a very, especially well, you guys are already in college for the most part, but you know, when I think of sometimes a grade level, I teach sixth grade, but I'm around six through eight, and then some high school students, is that's dangerous territory, because all it takes is some professor or um, some, some friendships that you make when you move away to college that can shake your faith if you never ask them those hard questions. So it, it's really important I believe to ask good questions, um, especially you know if you got kids uh, or planning on having kids, uh, don't be don't be shocked. Don't be shocked if if your 15, 16 year old starts asking some of the real like like how do I know how do I know this is true? How do I know Jesus was real? Is that shouldn't that you should actually welcome that because that's good that's good stuff. So, um, what that will do as that person. Here's, here's kind of the deal is um, in, in Matthew, uh, Jesus is talking to the, um, to the Jews, and they're banking on the fact that they are descendants of Abraham. So for their righteousness before God, they're saying, hey, we're children of Abraham. We grew up in this. My great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, you know, so on down through the, through the ages. I've always been a Jew. I'm a Jew. I'm Jewish. I follow the laws the best I can. I'm good. God loves me. I'm one of his children. And Jesus kind of goes, you know, don't, don't, don't count on that, okay? So us as Christians, born and raised, for those of us who have, uh, don't count on your spiritual heritage for your own personal righteousness. Now, like Lockwood was saying up here, I am super thankful for our spiritual heritage. You know, some of these songs we sing and the, the lessons that our parents have taught us through the years, I'm, I don't want to take that away at all. In fact, that's, that's super good. But it needs to come along, along with that, needs to come some of these hard questions that we ask. And, and talk with each other. And it's, you know, I think that's just really important. So one of the ways, and like I said, I'm not going to go into all these various counterfeit religions, which, by the way, I would encourage if you've got, I mean, you guys, you know, most of us are so super busy with school and reading and all that. Um, well worth just doing a little, little even a super basic, uh, using super a lot. It's not a word I usually use. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Well worth your time. Uh, like I said, I did that years ago when I was teaching in eighth grade class. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we just were going over some of the, uh, the various, uh, what were called cults. And uh, it's just kind of good to know uh, what's out there and, and why and why they believe what they believe and match that up with, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with what you believe and why. Okay? So one area counterfeits various religions and not even really understanding your own personal faith and why you believe that. Second one, similar word, religiosity. So the counterfeit of trusting and believing that the acts of going to church, going to home group, 
singing a few worship songs, and basically trying to have the best moral behavior you can <clears throat> that, uh, that that somehow is gaining God's favor. When you're putting something in the place, like we just saying, in Christ alone and his death on the cross, then you are falling into a counterfeit religion of your own. That I'm just using the term religiosity, where you're, you're basing your faith on your behavior. And if you take a look at the book of Galatians, it will run you right back through that about how you know, the, 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 the burden of the law has been broken. Sorry. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Can I have a little cup of coffee, Josh? I got like stuff in my throat. Just a cup. Uh, thanks. <laughs> so, uh, so the counterfeit of, of kind of trusting in your own religion, your own religiosity. Uh, so we got religions as in themselves, not really knowing, understanding your own faith and falling into errant teaching and taking you off in the wrong direction. Religiosity, trusting in your own personal behavior for, um, for God's approval. A third thing is personally created beliefs is the way I wrote it here, where um, you just make, hey, my God... My God's a God who, and you rattle off some things that just sound good to you. Um, you know, or maybe, well, my religion is, I think if I'm good to other people, good things will happen to me. That's my religion. It's like, well, where, where, where'd, you, where'd you get that from? Okay, we, we make things up that sound good, but uh, 2 Corinthians 1.9, just a quick, short little verse, just like, don't, you can't trust the human heart. The best thing I can come up with is not very good. Okay, it's it's going to be false. My my heart is dark. I got a dark heart. Uh, our sin, uh, sin sin is our nature. I mean, that's who we are. That's why we need Jesus. So personally created beliefs are going to be errant every time. And so when I start putting my trust and faith, that's a counterfeit, and that's eventually going to rob me of my joy of what it means to follow Jesus. There's, there's going to be some burden I put on myself. There's going to be some disappointment that I find myself in because things don't turn out the way I... I'm so nice to everyone, and I still got cancer. I don't understand. That's, you know, uh, that's, that's not what God says. That's a, that's a man-made religion. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the counterfeit of self-sufficiency, that I can, I can do this thing on my own, and I will kind of create my own God. I'll create, you know, the ocean is my God. And, I, you know, it's great to commune with God in the ocean. I understand that. But the ocean is a body of water. That's not my God. It's just a thing. God made it. I love him for that. But, um, but you know, you will fall into these kinds of things if we're not careful. And they're so subtle. They creep in so subtle. And then when they're at their extreme point, you're like, it's like how did that person come up with that? Probably not overnight. Probably step by step by step. So we've got counterfeit religion, knowing, understanding what true biblical Christianity says. We've got the counterfeit of religiosity, trusting, believing in our own goodness. And then thirdly, uh, counterfeit of just spiritual, just, I don't even know what to call it, man-made man religion, just self-sufficiency. Okay. A, uh, a fourth one, fourth counterfeit, it's counterfeit relationships. And uh, 
I was thinking of friendships that are based on personal gain. So I, I, I make a friend in order to make a deal. Um, I make a friend because I'm like, Kelly always likes to use this one, is because he's got a point doom key. Therefore, you're my friend. Now I can get in. Um, <laughs> somebody like that. Uh, uh, whatever it might be. Okay, so making friends in order to, because to, to get something versus, versus a friendship that's built on mutual appreciation and respect for each other and, and, and develops into a love for one another. Um, Psalm 119, 8 and 9 says, It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And so our tendency to build relationships where we bank everything on that relationship. And, you know, I know we love our boyfriends and girlfriends and our husbands and wives and our families and so on. But just your own experience has got to tell you, it's like that's, that's fallible, right? So we, we disappoint each other. We hurt each other. So we can't bank everything on those relationships. And there are, and there are counterfeit ones on top of that. So just to be wary of that. Um, so, and then the third, uh, or sorry, connected with that, and I was thinking about something about Kelly when he had the, the, the sex sermon a month or so ago, which was great. Um, but just the idea that even the, the lure of pornography and what that is, as far as a counterfeit relationship, is being able to turn on a computer and, and seeing something and even just mentally or even emotionally engaging it and then turn the computer off and it's over. And there's no investment in real life as there is in a real relationship. Um, and so, you know, these, these counterfeit relationships draw us in, and they, they sucker us in, and um, they just create disappointment and emptiness. So counterfeit relationships. So counterfeit religions, religiosity, self-sufficiency, and counterfeit relationships. And then actually the last one, as far as the, the various counterfeits, is um, counterfeit, I just wrote in the area of finances, just stuff, whether it's literally money or just stuff. And putting, you know, when you get to be, I have friends asking me what I'm going to do when I retire, and I say, well, I'm not that old yet. Um, and, you know, and, I, and, I, and I think, you know, and some, some friends who work with state and counties, you know, they are, they're retiring at this age already. And it's like, well, you know, are, are you banking on, what you put away and that that all worked out right in your investments, is that, is that what you're putting the bulk of your trust and your faith in? And here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Okay, I hope you're not. Okay, because I think of why. I think it's even biblical. It's that we take a portion of what we have and we save. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that that can't be what it's like. You know, my life's going to be okay because when I turn 65, I've got all this stuff waiting for me. And uh, there's going to be disappointment in that. Um, You cannot be trusting in your own personal gain. And then also just fake systems, um, counterfeit systems of profit. You know, quick, quick, rich, uh, get rich, uh, quick and easy things. I I just have a vague memory, I think, from high school. Like, like, I don't even know if it's more recent than that. Pyramids? Pyramid things? You guys who do finance stuff? I don't know. I don't know if it works. Does it? (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> but I just remember people wanted to talk too much about it. So the more they wanted to talk about it, the less I was interested. But uh, 
I always like the idea of getting a job and, and working and doing something productive. But um, so whether pyramids, maybe I shouldn't even brought that up. Maybe it's a good thing. Uh, but just be, being wary of the counterfeits that so often um, uh, fi financial financial institutions sometimes are creating, basically getting ripped off. Being being wise, you know, I'm I'm really thankful. It's like we got Lockwood who oversees the the finance stuff at the church here, and you know we got uh, we got people. When it comes to our money, corporately, as far as the church is concerned, that are that are discerning, they don't do anything on their own, um, and and don't make bad decisions because partly because they're not doing it on their their own. Um, but I'm just thankful that there are people who do business and understand a business that aren't into uh, making a buck at every corner. And uh, and what that does is that keeps us from falling into these counterfeit kind of financial schemes. Um, one of the verses I wrote down, yeah, I'm just doing single verses, uh, but Psalm 20, verse 7, simply says, says, some boast in chariots and some boast in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. So we live in a very well-off area, and as I say at school, as over at Oaks Christian, I said, you know, if you're sitting in this classroom and I'm in this classroom, we all have plenty of stuff, but that can't be what we boast in. That can't be what we bank our lives on. That will lead us down that road of being um, involved with a counterfeit. And like I said before, it is a, um, a source of, of robbing joy from us. So when we sin, it's kind of a final thought here, just any, pretty much any area of sin, I think you'd have to look hard to disagree with this, but when we sin, what we're generally doing is we're following some form of a counterfeit. So when we find ourselves falling into whatever it may be, you know, the list goes on, maybe it's even something off of this list, uh, what we're doing is we're taking something other than God's best and we're, and we're switching it for something else. So here's God's best, here's the real thing, here's the truth, and instead of that truth, I'm going to choose this counterfeit. I, that's, that's, that's sin. Okay, so when we sin, we have chosen the counterfeit. So part of why I wanted to bring this up, and I think probably more important than the words that I speak in a little bit, we'll, we'll pray with each other and, and, and uh, for each other, uh, about keeping us from falling into these areas of counterfeits in our lives so that we can live full, whole lives, joyful lives as Christians. Um, you know, if we go back to the beginning, Genesis and you think of the counterfeit that happened where Adam believes and trusts Eve. Look, it's good to eat. It's good. Eve previously trusted the serpent. The serpent is the deceiver. So she chose a counterfeit, as did Adam, and the world topples into sin. And we have the fall of man. So when we sin, we are buying into some kind of counterfeit. So I, I think the list could go on and on and on, but like I said, I had four or five things here to, to think about. So one is, just to kind of sum up, is I want, I want to just encourage us to ask questions about our faith, dig deeper, think clearly about what you believe and why you believe it. I think it'll make your joy more full. It'll make your understanding when we do things like pray, makes your prayer more precise, makes it more accurate. It's, what, it's, it's in line with God's word. And also keep you from the pitfalls of counterfeit religion. 
to be wary of counterfeit religiosity. Okay? And, I, and I, know, I know it's so easy to, you know, where it's like we kind of feel beat up by, by our own personal sin, but then you can look around and see someone else who maybe is worse off and go, well, at least I'm not like that. Um, but we all know, we all know that that's not right. That's not what God wants for us. So um, don't bank on your own good works. Um, be wary of just coming up with your own stuff. I mean, that would probably just fall under the, the, the religion part, but just coming up with your own stuff that, that because it either makes you feel good or just makes sense to you. Um, make sure it's in line with God's word. And then be wary of counterfeit relationships. Let, let other people speak into your life, but sometimes you can't see what's going on right here because you're in it, and it takes somebody out here to speak into you. And then also um, be wary of uh, how, how we... How we use our finances, how we trust our finances, really what I'm kind of getting after there, is that that's not where we're banked. Our hearts aren't banked on what we have in the bank uh, or in our driveway or in our garages. And uh, so one of the things that, uh, that I want to pray for, actually, at the end here, is often the issue isn't not knowing what to do. Uh, it's not, you know, you, you, we, we, can see, we can see the counterfeit. But something else to pray into this and just mention is self-control. It's like, well, I, I, I see the counterfeit. I know it's a counterfeit, but I can do it anyway. And you make that choice. And so another thing just to keep in mind as we're praying for each other in a bit is pray for each other's capacity to demonstrate and exercise self-control. So we make, first of all, know what the right choices are and then do the right choices. Okay, and I hope I'm not making that sound easier than it is. Okay, please, we all we all recognize it's not that easy. So that's why we need each other. So um, and then I just want to repeat once again is from from in Christ alone. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from His hand. But our joy and the fullness of all that God has for us can be robbed really easily by us falling into these little areas of ca- these counterfeit lies in our lives. You know, like I shared at the beginning, I, I look at my life and the people I love and the stuff and the health and all that, and yet I can wake up in the morning bitter and angry about stuff. And it's because somewhere along the line, if I was to research my heart enough, it's like I've fallen into a counterfeit, whether it's a literal thing or a thought or whatever it might be. So I want to pray for us as a group, and then um, uh, like we did last week, um, you guys are going to come up and play a worship song and then uh, let us break into small groups and pray. But I just kind of want to do a quick prayer over, over the church that we become more discerning, that we watch out for one another, speak into each other's lives, uh, and then us, also that we are people of self-control. So let me pray. <clears throat> so Father, I thank you for your word, Lord, that it is a, um, it's an anchor for us. God, in a world that is so deceptive, um, God, we want to be a people that know, Lord, and see the deceptions of the enemy and just the, the deceptions of man, even ourselves in our own lives, Lord, and um, become more and more discerning, Lord. I pray for a gift of discernment, Lord, to be uh, spread out over our church, Lord, that many of us would uh, have that gift and exercise it, Lord, to help each other out. And I pray also for all of us that we would have just, just the, 
general wisdom, Lord, to, to see through some of the lies of the enemy. Lord, and then also pray for uh, self-control for us, Lord, as we learn and know right from wrong, Lord, and, um, and, and just move into a, a lifestyle that exhibits self-control, exhibits all the fruits of the Spirit, Lord, um, that we love one another. And there's joy and there's peace and there's patience. There's kindness, Lord. And that's just, just we're overflowing with those things. So bless us as we continue to worship and um, speak to us as we pray for one another. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.